0: Yes, good afternoon. Welcoming along our naturopath Peter Mullen. Today, an interesting topic.
1: What does your poo say about you? Well, Dave, it's not exactly dinner conversation and I hope we don't offend anyone anyone out there talking about poo, but your poo actually reveals quite a lot about what's going on inside your body. We had a great topic last week and you're just doing a little bit of tidying up and housework on that on a comment that you were passed on. That's right, Dave. Um, last week when we finished, a lady did ring up and spoke to the reception here asking them, because I did mention that I'd come back after the break and say why um, Vegemite not be the ideal for people that you know, have you know, reactions to food additives or preservatives. And one of the reasons that um, one of the ingredients of Vegemite is actually yeast extract. The yeast extract contains by its nature because it, one of the ingredients in Vegemite is um, a byproduct of, of brewer's yeast, basically, from the brewing. Right. Industry, so yeast extract contains natural glutamates. So yeast extract actually can contain um, or will contain natural MSG. So if someone's got a problem with MSG, then they shouldn't be having okay. Vegemite. Okay. So, yeah, great tip there. Now let's move on to today's topic, which is an interesting one. What does your poo say about you? Well, again, it's one of those interesting things. Like it's a topic that no one likes to talk about, but. Basically, you know, the old saying is that, you know, what goes in must come out is true, particularly when it comes to poo. We'll have to to stop doing all those rhymes, (laughs) you think? Um, So poo is made up of water, fiber, bile, dead bacteria. Now, apparently nearly two-thirds of your stool is actually dead bacterial waste. Okay. So we forget that, that we turn over a lot of bacteria in the gut. And that's why, you know, eating good fiber is so important. We have to feed these good bacteria. Um, Cholesterol comes away in our stool. Fats protein and cells that have been shed <coughs> excuse me from the inside of our intestinal tract now all of this is collected along the way from the digestive tract uh, down the digestive tract from your mouth to your to your rear end and probably one of the most important things that we can learn or well, the most most important tip when you're looking at your stool is um, you look, the most important thing to notice is whether there's a change so if you've always been a bit constipated and all of a sudden you develop diarrhea that's a change. That could be significant that there's something going on. If your bowels have always been good and all of a sudden they become problematic. So it's change in bowel habits is the first thing we look at for. Okay, something's been, you've been the same way for a long time. Something's happened. What's, what's changed the process? The other thing that we can find by looking at your, your stools or your poo is if you've got an inflammatory bowel condition. So we can get clues about things like um, bowel cancer, um, Crohn's disease, to even things like um, hemorrhoids. So for a lot of people, hemorrhoids are very, very common. And um, hemorrhoids, because one of the things we think about when we look at the poo, we look to see if there's blood in the stool. If the blood's coming up from further up in the gut, like if there's a, a leaking ulcer or a bleeding ulcer or sometimes a bleeding polyp, the higher it is in the bowel, the darker the stool will be because the blood gets partially digested. If in the case of hemorrhoids, it's bright blood, and you might just notice a bit on wiping or a little bit on the on the poo or maybe just colour the water a little bit, then it's closer to the back passage so you know it's more a localised problem. But um, either way, obviously, um, blood is always something that you want to get checked out if you see it with your stool. And the other thing that um, you might notice is things like um, mucus as well. So some people get quite a bit of mucus in the stool, and again, that can be an indication that there's an inflammatory bowel disease going on. Okay, so uh, keep a good eye on these
0: things and uh, be alert to anything that's not it change, usual.
1: change particularly. But um, yeah, anything anything that's not um not usual. So even things like um, you know, things like celiac disease, um, things like hepatitis, you know, we obviously see changes in stool colour, um malabsorption disorders um, so we can pick up quite a lot by observing and we're going to talk more about that in the other sections about you know things like color yes shape and smell as well you know right. when we when we go to the toilet there shouldn't be a lot of odor if everything's being digested well so we'll cover that in the next Next okay. section. We will do that. And also we'll talk about frequency
0: because it's something that a lot of people, uh, when they talk, they go, well, I don't go for a couple of days or I go every yeah. day. So it'd be interesting to know what's considered to be a normal pattern of
1: frequency. Well, definitely. the, um, it, it, Again, no one sort of has come forward and says, you know, everybody should be going to the toilet yeah. using their bowels three times a day. Three times a day in some respects would probably be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people would use their bowels just once a day. But I think it's recommended that, as you know, it can be up to um, three times a week is still acceptable. But I always are on the side of I think that everyone should use their bowels at least once, if not twice a day. And
0: when we come back, something I'd like to ask you about this is with the is, some that, people, is that health problem that you about your bowels? Dave, an observation, ob- observation <laughs> of uh, medication and how that can impact and affect.
1: Well, Dave, the the um, indicator of whether like you're normal or not is is if you are regular. But normal frequency is anywhere from Three times a week to three times a day. But um, as I was saying before the break, um, definitely I think that, you know, we should be clearing our bowels at least once, if not, you know, ideally twice a day. Mm-hmm. So certain things can interfere with um, things like frequency. So we were talking about this a bit before the I break. mentioned
0: medication because sometimes you can hear of people who are on some medication and it can bind you up or it can go the opposite way and open you
1: up. Yeah, absolutely. And And the tip, I guess, is that, you know, any new medication or even natural medicine that you take if there's a change in your bowel habits, you know, pretty quickly after, you know, within 24 hours or even shorter if it's diarrhea, then you really need to go back and talk to whoever's prescribed that medication. That can be very uncomfortable either way because if you think about it, you could be on that medication
0: doing a course or it could take two weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I would, I would always say to people, like, as long as um, it's explained to them beforehand, like some of the um, painkillers, you know, things that contain codeine. So I've heard numerous stories where people are in hospital and they're not told that, yes, you're on panadine or something that's got codeine in it and your bowels will stop working as a result so someone might go three or four days before you know they sort of feel comfortable Mm. enough to say look i haven't been on the toilet to the toilet since i've been here so more information or as long as the information is provided then obviously you'd have to take something at the same time to sort of counteract that and it can be so
0: uncomfortable too the pain the cramps that you can get
1: yeah absolutely absolutely so digestive health as we've talked about before like the whole, it's, it's all, all a bit tongue in cheek, you know, talking about poo, but having a healthy digestive tract is probably one of the most critical systems because it does really affect every other system in your body. You know, we've talked about, you know, the effects of the gut on, in looking at IBS and things like um, depression, mood, anxiety. So there's a lot, of, um, a lot of effects that, you know, having an unhealthy or an irregular bowel habit can have on the, on the rest of the body
0: okay now let's talk also while we're looking at this at um, with with people who don't aren't on any special medication or anything, just normal day, but they 're finding it difficult passing emotion. Is there anything in alternative health that you could be taking that can help you there
1: well look one of the um the first things always like i think chronically as a society we're um, low in fiber we don 't have mm. enough fiber in our diet like traditional diets include a lot more roughage and fiber and Fibre has a dual role, like at least, it it does a number of things, but most important, number one, it really provides all the good fuel for the good bacteria. Having a healthy bacterial population helps to keep your bowels more regular. The second thing fibre does, it sort of acts like a glue. You know, in things like um, psyllium husk, if someone's really struggling with constipation, the first thing I'd recommend, increase your water because the poo, the other thing I forgot to mention, poo is probably 75% water. Right. And... It's the last, the last place that the body pulls water from is the large bowel, the colon. Mm-hmm. So when the stool ends up in the, the poo ends up in the large bowel, that's when the water and salts are pulled out and the stools actually formed. If someone's dehydrated, what do you think it does with the water? Like it pulls more than what it needs, so instantly you've got constipation. So mm-hmm. hydration, good quality fibre, and the fibres to use are what are called hydrophilic fibres. They swell up with water. You know that, so they're the fibres you want, mm-hmm. not harsh fibres. Like I wouldn't recommend wheat bran and fibres like that because they I find they're too harsh for right, the right. So you want nice, soft fibres like slippery elm, um, metamucil, or, or sorry, um, psyllium husk. You know things like that. Right here. Yeah. Now, next, you'd like to talk and discuss size and shape. So <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'd like to talk about size and size and shape. Um, and there's a great little chart. That people can download, and I think we might even have it on our blog, actually. And it's called the Bristol Stool Chart. Right. So it's actually a chart, and it's got. Have I got? Did I give that one to you? No, I didn't get that one. No. I... Yeah, well, it's got nice pictures. So yeah. there's well, seven I, I types of nice. yeah. seven types of poo, and um, number three is kind of like the ideal type of poo. Mm-hmm. You know, between a two and a two and a three. But we'll go through some of the variations. So hard lumps or pieces or mushy and watery. Um, so, you, ideally, when we go to the toilet, we shouldn't have to wipe, wipe our bottoms much. It should all come away neatly and easily. If you're spending 20 minutes trying to clean up after, then there's an issue there with, with your digestion. Um, narrow, pencil-like or ribbon-like stools can indicate a bowel obstruction. Um, and again, on, a, on an infrequent basis, not so concerning, but if they persist, definitely need to see a physician. Um, black tarry stools or bright red stools, as we said, may indicate bleeding in the gut. Um, and black stools can also come from certain medications. You know, I've had patients come in that either they've been eating licorice and they'll get a black mm. stool. Um, or I find, you know, with things like beetroot juice, raw beetroot juice. I had a patient that was was swearing that they were having bleeding from the bowel. And okay. it was actually beetroot juice for some people will give you a, okay. um, a red red water in the stool. And white, pale, or grey stools may indicate a lack of bile, which can indicate liver problems. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've had patients that, if they have a big night drinking, their stools will be really pale the next day. So it's upset their liver, inflamed their liver, and caused a. Because bile, bile produced by the gallbladder, is um, what gives poo its poo brown colour. So any if any pale or or, um, or you know light tampoo that could indicate that there's gallbladder it could be gallstones but it could be some problem with the lever as well. Okay,
0: okay, very interesting, very interesting. Um, what else uh, will we be moving on to in, in our next segment?
1: Uh, next segment we're going to talk about um, smelly poos, um, but just a, another, another um, bit on colour. Like ideally, you know, poo should be poo brown to a light mission brown colour. Um, bright green poo can indicate there's been a quick passage through the bowel, where the bile hasn't had time to change the brown. As happens with diarrhoea. Now I've noticed this a lot with kids that get diarrhoea. Often their mums will come in saying that their their poo's green, mm-hmm. but that's actually because their, their transit time is fast, too quick. Oh. So they're eating, so the bile hasn't had time to change the colour. Right, right. So um, black poo, as we said, can be caused by iron tablets. is another cause as well. Um, and red poo can be, as we said, the the blood or the um, beetroot as well. Um, Yeah, but we'll be talking more about, um, we've actually got a a talk coming up next week on gut health, and we'll actually be doing a demo on fermenting. And there's quite a bit of um, excitement happening in the world of natural therapies about the benefits of fermenting your own food, which Mm -hmm. is an older traditional style of preparing. And the idea when you ferment, you know, things like your sauerkraut and carrots and um, different food groups, that you're actually encouraging the growth of healthy probiotics. So so um, fermented foods actually supplies your good bacteria, and it helps to stimulate all your digestive processes. So we'll be talking more about that on that on that night. And our next area that you're concentrating on here with this, Peter. Well, what? I thought we'd talk about um, poos and smelly poos because, um, again, smelly poo is not normal. I had someone, a patient, in the other day, can try and um, try and tell me that a smelly poo meant he was really healthy, and I said, no, that's not actually the case. <laughs> So if, you, if your poo does have an extraordinarily bad odour, um, above and beyond normal, normal objectionable, objectionable poo smell, um, could be a number of health concerns, could be a malab- like a malabsorptive disorder if someone's not absorbing their nutrients. Um, often things like celiac disease will present like that with a strong-smelling poo. Um, Crohn's disease, chronic pancreatitis, even by things like cystic fibrosis where... Um, You know, there's really a lack of digestive enzymes, so foods just aren't digesting properly. Um, And again, passing of things like gas is normal. Um, Not only normal; it's a good sign of um, the hard-working gut bacteria doing their jobs. People pass gas on average 14 times a day. Um, What is your body telling you
0: when you do that?
1: uh, It's telling you that your bacteria are actually working quite well. But um, 99% of gas should be odorless. So you should be maybe even unaware you're passing it, but um, so gas is normal, like it means everything's working properly. But again, strong-smelling passing of wind would indicate that things are fermenting and and not in a healthy way. That it's Mm. not actually contributing to good health long term. And interestingly, we pass about each of us pass about five tons of poo in our lifetime. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot (laughs) of poo. Quite a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So we might as well have healthier poo than not. What
0: about someone who's going to the toilet to pass a motion and pass a bit of a motion, have to come back
1: again later, pass another bit? What does that indicate? That indicates to me um, uh, uh, constipation. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and we see that a lot, I see that a lot with um, kids. You know, they'll always have like a bit of a pot belly, Mm. strong smelling wind but when they go to the toilet they just do bits and pieces. Yeah. So they've actually got a little bit of impaction going on and you know, they'll complain of tummy pain because if you've got bits of poo stuck in your bowel, building up gas between it, you're going to get, like a lot of the pain people get with constipation is because the gas gets caught between the pockets of poo and the bowel wall gets stretched and you get the message sent to the brain that there's Mm -hmm. pain and inflammation. So a lot of kids that, um, and adults too, that sort of never feel like they've probably gone to the toilet, again, fibre and water are the first two things I think about.
0: Okay, so on a daily basis, what do you suggest, uh, you know, alternative health-wise, that we should be taking, which will help us to become regular and have nice, good motions?
1: Well, probably the, um, one, and this is, these are just my tips. So, and many, many gut issues can be prevented or resolved by making simple changes to your diet and lifestyle. Um, and, you know, some tips are for how to hit a home score with your bowel movements. I find um, removing or reducing gluten as much as possible. I find for a lot of people gluten, wheat, white flour, those sorts of products, I think of them as big, big, you know, gluggy balls of glue. I think they really can clog the system up. So eating a diet that includes your whole foods, which in fresh organic vegetables and fruit, good nutrients and fiber, and I believe most of your fiber should come from vegetables, not from grains. Unfortunately, our current food pyramid still has you know, the major food source everybody should be eating is all these processed cereals yeah. and grains. And yep. when you think about it, bread's pretty processed. You know, we take an indigestible grain that we can't eat, we bash it, we cook it under high temperatures, we mix it with other things to make it something that we can eat. So yeah, so fibre from veggies. Um, avoid artificial sweeteners, excess sugar, especially fructose. So anything that's going to cause your gut bacteria to be, misbehave is going to cause going to cause problems with your bowel. Chemical additives, MSG, uh, excessive amounts of caffeine, and processed food, as they can all irritate the gut. Um, boost your intestinal flora. We've talked about this a few times. You know, by adding naturally fermented foods in your diet, such as sauerkraut, kefir, um, and I'm a big fan of adding a probiotic supplement if you suspect you're not getting enough good bacteria from your diet alone. Uh, increase your fiber intake. You know, psyllium husk. A great fiber is um, organic flaxseed. So the way, way you do that is you buy a bag of organic whole flaxseed or linseed. You blend up enough in a blender to last you a week, put it in a Tupperware container and keep it in the fridge because once you blend up nuts and things, they go rancid. So then you can add a tablespoon of that to your breakfast cereal or in with your mixed fruit and yogurt. psyllium um, husk is good. Um, and we really want to be having about 50 grams of fiber per thousand calories consumed so most people would be having 25 grams of fiber a day mm-hmm. so we're talking about nearly 50 to 100 grams would be ideal um stay hydrated with pure fresh water um so again we really need to be drinking making sure we're well hydrated remember the poos should be 75 percent water uh get plenty of exercise you know and particularly all core core stuff as mm-hmm. well uh, and avoiding when you can pharmaceutical drugs such as painkillers that contain codeine and things like that which will slow the slow the bowel function um, antidepressants a lot of people these days taking antidepressants may not realize that that can cause gut like bowel yes. bowel problems um, either can either be constipation or diarrhea and um, antibiotics for a lot of people too will cause diarrhea as well um, and the other thing you know whenever we talk about the the gut or the bowel we always look at the connection from a stress point of view and for a lot of people um with ibs and constipation diarrhea sort of all fall into that ibs category you can actually go both ways always like to sort of stop and and talk with people about you know what areas of your life are stressful what areas of your life do you feel are out of your control and giving people sort of tools and, and ways of thinking about okay well can't control those areas, but I can work in this area just to... And that sometimes this sense of being out of control mm. seems to be a big link with um, gut issues.
0: Now, do you have some
1: papers on this at mullenhealth.com.au? your website? Yeah, we do. We have some great blogs. And we have actually a copy of that Bristol poo chart. So people can actually get the chart and put it up in their bathrooms and just, you know, check out their poo for a while. And But we don't want to see photos, Dave. We no, prefer no. not to see any Keep evidence. Those yourself, yeah. Keep those to yourself. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, I, I think you know every time basically we go to the toilet we should have a bit of a squeeze and just sort of check you know what's mm. going on in the inside all right that is it thank you for covering that today we'll be back again next tuesday fantastic i'll see you then